There's the snap. Pressure coming. Rolling right. And he's hit from behind. Bosa takes him down for the sack. Turnover on downs. The 11th sack of the season for Nick Bosa. And the shutout continues for the 49ers who haven't given up a second half point in a month. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrero here with Javi Vega. And oh, man. <laughs> Niners defense just put the clamps down on the New Orleans Saints. Niners get the 13-0 shutout win. We are going to break down all of it. We'll take your questions, your comments, everything. We just want to remind you first, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. And also, shout out to Homage. I got my shirt on, as you can see. <laughs> That's a nice one. Niners gear in the business. It's different than the stuff you see on NFL.com and anywhere else. It's really cool if you want to... Look at it yourself, maybe buy some Christmas presents, whatever. There's a link in the description of this on YouTube, and it'll be there in the podcast as well. Javi, what a job interview, so to speak, for D'Amico Ryans today. Yeah, absolutely. 332 games since the Saints have been shut out. Since 2001, the Saints, the Saints have not been shut out. It's the longest active streak, and it got broke today by the 49ers and this 49ers defense who – Literally, the Saints were knocking on the door of of scoring several times in today's game. You have the fumble late in the game that was created by Hufunga, and you know after Greenlaw stands him up, and then you have this really great fourth down stand, and Nick Bosa got away with one. He was offsides, but yeah, he was. I will take it, and I will uh, continue to uh, you know hold strong on my bet with a buddy of mine who's a Cowboys fan. Him and I have a Micah Parsons for Nick versus Nick Bosa sack total bet. And uh, we're pacing each other right now pretty darn good. But what a performance. 49ers defense showed out pretty well. They looked a little sluggish to start, you know, but once they settle in, they settle in. Offensively, we'll get to the offense, but defensively, that was a master class by D'Amico Ryans. And Fred Warner, who mm-hmm. is having an all-pro season, is going pretty much underrated. All he needs now is a couple of interceptions to kind of seal the deal to get Defensive Player of the Year, you know, nominations and, you know, consideration, in my opinion. He was amazing. Hufanga was amazing, flying all around. The defense was just championship level, right? This is championship level. Your offense is sluggish, right? Coming back from Mexico City, they just did not look right. Then Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt in the game. Elijah Mitchell is hurt. We don't know for how long. That's a major thing. Spencer Burford gets hurt in this game. Christian McCaffrey is hurt in this game. And it looked like Kyle Shanahan just wanted to get the hell out of Dodge in the third quarter. He looked like he was just trying to run out the clock. He wanted to protect Jimmy, I think. He just wanted to get out of there. And their offense was hideously bad in the second half. And this defense just said, we got you. And put the team on their back. And three times, the Saints were at the four-yard line. They were at the six-yard line. They were at the 30-yard line. They got zero points out of those possessions. This is an all-world defensive performance today. And I always want to start with the positive when the 49ers win. So we that's why I want to give the defense all their flowers. Yeah, absolutely. Defensively, they were <clears throat> outstanding. You know, this team still misses Eric Armstead. But, you know, they held their own, <clears throat> excuse me, in the past game. Um, Olave is Olave. He's a pretty good player. Um, but Fongo's flying everywhere. Fred Warner, again, I can't say enough about what he did today, especially in those goal line situations where they, you know, the, they're, they're driving, they're trying to get in there. He broke up two passes. He diving all over the place. He had a, he had the fumble early in the game. Um, 
just from from safety on down to the defensive line, they're playing really, really good complimentary football on defense. They're just playing off each other. I didn't see anything today that just made me, you know, scratch my head like, oh, what the hell was that? But they played pretty sound all the way through, and they kind of confused uh, Andy Dalton a couple times there because they could have got him on a couple picks. They could have they could have did a whole bunch more. They could have made it worse for the Saints. But you know, they are uh, they're this is a championship level defense, and I think they put the league on notice these last four weeks. Four straight games of no points in the second half, and this one. You know, there was no points all game. So shout out to the 49ers defense to completing completing a full game of, you know, no points. So that's six straight quarters of no yep. points. Um, to your point about Kyle Shanahan in the second half, I think, I think yeah, you saw the offense. They started sluggish. They started slow. And you don't want to keep getting these injuries pile up. You're getting healthy. So if you can avoid it. <laughs> they were CMC, getting healthy. Yeah, CMC gets banged up. Uh-oh, that's a lot of picks you sent for him. So let's make sure he's straight. Um and then Elijah Mitchell goes down. They said his head was down, and the team team came around him. So hopefully it's nothing major, but it did not look good. Jordan Mason looked good in, in his playing time today. Um, and then yes, he did. For injury, thank God for Brunskill, who struggled early on in the game, but kind of solidified it towards the back end of it. So, I mean, they have depth pieces, but this is part of why I didn't like trading for Jeff, trading away Jeff Wilson, um, but the Niners can survive. Ty Davis Price still exists, and Jordan Mason is uh, – he looks And like he looked good. Jordan Mason looked good in the game. Yeah, he looked solid. He was playing. He was running hard, rushing. You know, he, he's he got a burst to him that we haven't seen yet. You know, if those lanes were to open up, he probably takes off. Um, he's physical. He doesn't go down on first contact. Yep. So that's a plus for the Niners. So they have backs. I, I think they're comfortable with continuing with, let's just say it is CMC, TDP, and then you have no, you know, you still have Tevin Coleman on the practice squad. And then, of course, um, Jordan Mason. He'll be up. They'll be fun, yeah. So if he'll be up over TDP miss, next week, yeah, or yeah, he might be up. Oh, he might be up over TDP if uh, Mitchell has to miss next week. I don't think Mitchell's. I hope Mitchell doesn't have to miss, and hopefully we'll get a report here soon yeah. on what happened with him. But um, offensively, it was just a struggle, and I think this week it was just a weird week, right? You have all this travel, um, Thanksgiving, and you know practices were all weird. The, the defense did their job, but you know, offensively, you know how this offense is—they they sputter. Um, partially because they're quarterback, partially because their guys drop passes, partially because you have holding penalties, my McGlinchey and stupid mistakes by your center. Things happen on this offense that should not happen with, you know, with a team this talented. Flint 7785. Thanks for the super chat on the YouTube page. Love the defensive effort. Offense was clearly out of sync, but Warner and the boys made it happen. Yeah, look, they said at the beginning of the broadcast, they didn't take a live rep on offense till Friday. Till Friday. There you go. Which Kyle Shanahan had never done before in his career. Uh, you know, they were trying to avoid the letdown. And we've seen it with this team when they go out east, when they travel, when they have big travel, they usually have a letdown. They try to go out early. They usually do things to mitigate it with the week that they go out. But then the week that they come back, you know, it's got to hit you somewhere. It either hits you on the way there or the way back. It generally hits the Niners on the way back. And I think we saw the effect of that this week. But the Saints defense also got a lot of guys back, and they are a good defense. Kyle Shanahan said, I thought this was a little tweak to his defense still. Kyle Shanahan told the Fox crew in the production meeting that he said, when they're healthy, the Saints defense is the best defense in the league. And I was like, oh, really, Kyle? But maybe he was trying to, you know, tweak them a little bit. It worked if he if he was. But uh, the Saints are a good defense, and they got after Jimmy Garoppolo today. Yeah, I wasn't surprised by the Saints' defensive performance. You get Cameron Jordan back. Paulson Debo's playing really good football that no one really pays attention to because the Saints stink. 
Uh, <laughs> if, if Marcus Lattimore was healthy, then you really have a really solid secondary time. Matthew is, you know, he still has a little bit left in the tank. Their safety plays, their safeties are really good. And Demario Davis is all as, you know, he's as good as Fred Warner. He might be, you know, one step slower than Fred, but Davis is no joke. So they have players on that defensive line, Marcus Davenport, um, and then their interior defensive line is solid. You know, you saw that earlier in the game with Brunskill being basically put on his ass most of the first half <laughs> uh, playing against these guys, you know, versus the run. I know the Saints are getting up a lot of yards in the run game, but they, if you, this is where I think I get frustrated with a lot of fans are like, why, why don't the Niners just run, 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 run? These teams are doing these penny fronts. If you looked at it, if you watched it, there was five down linemen. You have a guy down on the line, the line of scrimmage. Now you got six versus five. Yep. And somebody's going to be free, and these lanes aren't opening up. Um, the Elijah Mitchell late early game run where he got to the edge, that's you know, where he was literally stopping the backfield and then bounced it back out. That's what that's what these defenses are doing now. They're not allowing these offensive linemen to combo block on them either direction. So that way you, you don't have these outside zones where they were hitting two years ago or even last year. So this is where you see a lot of the inside stuff from the Niners recently. Um, and it's, it's an adjustment from both sides. The defense adjusted to the outside zone and then the offense has to adjust back with, you know, these counters in on the inside. And then of course the fact of Debo Samuel possibly being able to run the ball. Now you have CMC out there, you know, there's a couple missed opportunities early in the game. CMC is yep. wide open for a touchdown. Um, you had some lanes that were, you know, could have been hit better by Elijah Mitchell. You know, we all know Mitchell is not the greatest as far as a guy with vision. Um, but th- this is kind of what I expect. I mean, we we texted earlier on today. I, I thought this game would be closer than it needed to be. I figured, you know, the line was nine and a half. They covered whatever. Um, but I didn't I didn't expect a blowout or anything like that. I didn't expect the Niners to do another 38 and 10, 38 to 10 performance. Yep. I expected something like 20 to 13 or whatever it was. Um, but it ended up being 13 nothing. And I'll take it. A win's a win in this league. They don't come easy. Uh, four wins in a row. They're seven and four. They're in first place. Um, you know, now we got to hope that the Seahawks lose. I don't think they are losing, but I didn't check. So I'm just looking now. No, they lost. The Raiders Ooh, won in overtime. 34. Forget the tiebreaker, baby. The Niners stand alone in the NFC West. Shout out to Glass City. Thanks for the super chat. How many games can this offense look woefully unprepared? I'm sick of the injuries, dude. Jimmy is shook now that D is the rock that holds the wall up say this about the defense other than the chiefs game. And really it was one bad half against the chiefs. Cause in the first half, it was like a 13 to 10 game, something like that. Other than that game against the greatest quarterback of this generation and the greatest offensive mind of his generation, this defense has brought it every single week. They have like one bad drive a game and it's usually the first drive. And other than that, they have been the rock upon which this season is built. Don't forget the 49ers are still going out there with their backup quarterback. Everybody forgets that, but he was the backup quarterback going into the year. This defense is unbelievable. We had said, we thought it was maybe Kyle's best defense going into the year. And it sure looks like it right now. Yeah, absolutely. This defense is probably the best it's been since, Kyle's taking over. Of course, you're miss, you're still missing Armstead, Armstead, and you're missing Kinlaw. I'm not counting on Kinlaw. I'm expecting Armstead back next week. But I like to push back on his comment on Jimmy being shook. Jimmy got his ass kicked today. He got he beat down. Humbled. And he stood in there. He made some throws while getting hit. Did he make the one boneheaded throw? Yes. Thank God there was a penalty. <laughs> other than that, he's playing smart. I don't, I don't, I don't buy this narrative that he's shook. I don't buy this narrative that, you know, he he's been he's 
Gibbs. I don't know, man. I, I'm just not – look, I've been critical of Jimmy Garoppolo. You've known this for years, and I'm not the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fan. But what yep. we're seeing right now from a Jimmy Garoppolo is a smart, smarter football player. He's not making the mistakes that we killed him for, taking dumb sacks, throwing the interceptable ball, throwing the interception, um, throwing these ducks to the sidelines. Like he's putting some zip on these balls. He knows where to go. He's he's going through his progressions. When's the last time you've seen a 49ers quarterback with the little uh, – where the, the the over I don't know what it's called in the TV world, but they had the little I don't know if you remember Madden where they had like the QB vision where it's boom boom boom. The cone, like, oh yeah, yeah, the cone. When's the last time you've seen that from Jimmy Garoppolo? He they showed him do it, right? We saw it in the Arizona game, we saw it in the Chargers game, and we've seen it in the Rams game. He's going through his progression. He's getting more comfortable. The offensive line is playing very very well outside of a couple bad snaps, um, and Jimmy's playing good football. It's okay to say these things, even though you've been critical of him before. You don't have to stand in this this position of, Oh no, I don't think Jimmy's good. I was probably the first guy to say it on my podcast originally that Jimmy couldn't throw the ball down. So this is 2019. We're in the middle of eight, no run. <laughs> right. I said, him. I got pushed back a lot on my podcast for that, but you can pivot with new information. He looks like a better quarterback. Now, is he the same guy? Yes. Last week he was uh, 18 of 23 with under nine air yards, four of four from behind the line of scrimmage. You saw a lot of that same stuff today. But he's smarter about it. Again, we're not getting these dumb, boneheaded plays from Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's a plus. And sometimes that's all we ever really needed for him from him. Right. right? What's the likelihood of him getting to double digit interceptions now? We have six games to don't, go. Don't you dare say don't challenge Jimmy like that, obviously. <laughs> I, I don't I don't see it coming. I if he ends up with nine interceptions and twenty-five touchdowns, you take it. Oh, yeah, of course. Hundred percent. He's sixteen and four right now. And I'll say this about Jimmy Garoppolo. In the first half, he was 20 of 28, 175 yards and a touchdown. And he was the only source of offense. They could not run the ball at all. They had 13 carries for 44 yards in the first half, which is 3.4 yards per carry. That is crazy. That was the most pass attempts Jimmy Garoppolo has ever had in the first half in his career. And it was the third most pass attempts in the first half by any 49ers quarterback in the last 31 years, Javi. So that's like they needed Jimmy today. Last week, he was 20 of 29 in the game. This week, he was 20 of 28 in the first half. Yeah, he was He was their offense in the first half, and you have to give him credit for that. Like, whether you want to admit it or not, he was your offense. He made a couple of nice throws. He had a, some and, – and I think the biggest part with me, with Jimmy Garoppolo, is – the third down stuff, right? Last year we had a big complaint about his third down. Well, not the t- the team as a whole. Excuse me. Was you know anything over third and six? They were they were screwed. Now they're able to get these third and sixes, you know, or third and eight, third and seven, third and thirteen. Like there was a, a throw uh, in the early second half, in the early first half, where it was third and twelve or third and thirteen. He gets twelve of it, right? Yep. And then they go get the they get the first down. Like, and I I, I you you probably I was thinking of you went for it on the goal line and they didn't get it yes. i was like rob is probably standing on his couch screaming thank you kyle thank you kyle because your defense can hold them anyway so um but i think the point i think the biggest thing here is yes jimmy's playing good football he's not going to be he's not an elite quarterback i think we all know that we can forget about that but he's playing right now like a guy who can lead this team into the playoffs and make a run i'm not saying he's going to be the reason why things happen i'm not going to say that he's going to light it up but he's he's playing smart, efficient football, and he's doing literally what I've asked him to do for the last three years. Check down the ball, throw it away, don't take the sacks. 
play some second secondary, you know, have some secondary moves, second reaction plays. He did that again. He kind of scrambled out of the pocket, went near the line of scrimmage, threw a really good ball. It, it was incomplete, but the fact that he's doing these things is a big difference. He had one where he rolled out to his right. I for, I think it was Tyuk. He got it to Tyuk. There's there he's he looks comfortable, and I'm happy about it. There's no reason for you to be unhappy about it as a Niner fan because I see that too much on Twitter. Everyone's bitching about it. It's like, dude, he's here for a year. It is what it is. Just take it. This is what we have. Um, you know, it is what it is. And I do agree with the comment here. Yeah, trying to run a fourth and goal with him. They were running a pass play. Nothing was open. I would have rather yes. gone with the toss. Like they were. That was not the plan. They didn't say Jimmy run it in and save us. Like he was, he clearly had one read. He looked, it was, I think it might've been juice. I'm not sure. And maybe IU kind of fade and it was covered. And so he tried to make something out of it. You're not going to get all those on fourth down, but I loved it. You're right. Javi. I was, and I was tweeting about it. I was jumping up and down. Kyle went for it twice on fourth down in this game. He got it once. He didn't get it the second time. And, and that's what I was said afterwards too. What was the big what was the big scary thing that happened, right? The 49ers turned it over on downs. Oh no. So the saints got the ball back and what happened? (laughs) Nothing. Thank God for a, uh, bullshit DPI on that, on that drive too. Cause Lenore, um, gets, he's not holding Alave or pass interfering Alave on the sideline. There was a safety should have been two points for the Niners because the hands to the face that was in the end zone, but whatever. (laughs) <laughs> the rest were terrible by like I don't want I don't like complaining about the rest, but they were bad today. Yeah, they were. They were absolutely there was four straight plays with penalties. Like, what is that? Let like let's play football. There were so many ticky tack calls, bunch of nonsense, especially the defensive pass interference and some of these holding calls, the holding call on Kittle. Are you serious? I I, I understood that because his arm was uh, extended. When his arm uh, is extended, they call it every time. But uh he like you can see there's like space between the arm and Kittle's hands. Like there's nothing there. <laughs> Flint seven, seven, eight, five says Jimmy's playing his best ball, but he's not the key to getting number six. We know what he is. Well, he kind of is the key to getting number six. Like he touches the ball on every play, but, <laughs> but look, I mean, if, if the 49ers have their way, they don't want him to have to win them the game, but you talked about it. The saints were clearly playing to make Jimmy Garoppolo win the game for the Niners, see? just like the Cardinals did last week. Vance Joseph. Hey, told, yeah. Vance Joseph told the broadcast crew last week, we want Jimmy Garoppolo to be the reason the 49ers beat us. And if you look at how the Saints played the Niners, it was the same thing. All the guys in the screen, right? That's what we talked about. Every defender is in the screen for the Saints at the start of the play because they were coming after Jimmy. They got a lot of pressure on him early. Like we talked about multiple hits. I didn't actually see if I can check the actual box score real quick to see how many quarterback hits the Saints were credited with. Spoiler alert, it was a lot. And Jimmy did enough, and thank God for that penalty, like you said, because if that interception that he threw stood, it would have changed the entire game. But you know what? That happens. That's that We've seen it work the other way, where the Niners had some plays called back because of a penalty, and it was one bad throw from Jimmy Garoppolo, and it didn't count. And so the Niners get the win. And, and they didn't play their best ball today. And you know what? The best teams win when they don't play their best. And not only did they win, they pitched a shutout. I was just looking at the Twitter. So NFL and CBS just tweeted this out about 10 minutes ago. 49ers defensive ranks, points per game first, yards per game first, rush yards per game first, yards per rush first, <laughs> first down, first downs per game first, passing TDs first. You know what was wild though? The broadcast mentioned that the Niners are like one of the worst on defense. Worst like on third and short. Yeah, like that, 
I was thinking to myself, man, that could bite you in the ass come playoff times. Yeah, according to the broadcast, the 49ers give up third and short 78% of the time, which is wild. That is uh, something that I understand. Only negative is like, okay, yeah. all right, I guess I can live with that. Right. I mean, look, they, sorry, they can't be amazing at every single aspect of playing football. Like, sorry. By the way, the Saints had six quarterback hits today. If uh, you're keeping track, it felt like more. It really did feel like more. He got, yeah. he took some late hits too. The late hit, I, th- I really thought it was knee. Was uh, I thought he was cooked right there when he took yep. the. Hit. I was like, oh and- my god, there is a season. Trace throwing pregame. I was like, is he back? Can we make him? Can we put some voodoo on his ankle? Figure it out. But he's he Jimmy. I give Jimmy a lot of credit for today's performance. It wasn't the greatest, but he stood in there and took a beating. That did flash through my mind, by the way, because Jimmy gets hurt and he was gimpy afterwards. Like even they handed the ball off and he tried to do the, you know, where he continues the play and fakes like he still has the ball and he could not do it. And I literally was like, oh, my God, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to get hurt on the first game after Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are both asked this week about Trey Lance coming back and they both say he's not coming back like that would be just incredible drama for the 49ers if Jimmy gets hurt and then Trey has to come back again at the end of the year. Oh, my God. Just take a deep breath, everybody. We are not out of the woods yet. Even no matter what Kyle Shanahan says after the game, we all know the day after game conference call is when we really find out about the injuries. So let's not just assume that Jimmy's okay just because he finished this one out. Chris Maldonado on the YouTube page. Thanks for the super chat. Do you think Eric Armstead comes back Sunday? Javi, you said earlier you think he does. Yeah, I think he does. They were saying he was close this week. Uh, he was on the inactive list, and they said he was – well, we saw video this week. He was practicing. The expectation is him versus Miami. I would expect him to see probably 50% of the snaps. I wouldn't rush him back either from plantar fasciitis because you have guys like Ridgeway who's playing really well. This T.Y. McGill kid played pretty darn good today too, number 96. Yeah, so they, they, they have a good rotation. It would be nice to get him back there on your early downs, first and second down to help create longer sec for longer second and third downs for the defense to tee off. And it's going to help Bosa out. Bosa's numbers have kind of come down on these QB hits and the pressures without Armstead being around. And I love Bosa. I think he's a really good player. Yep. Like every great defensive lineman, he needs a, his Robin. And if Armstead is his Robin, that's a really good Robin to have back. Um, So that's going to be a plus. I mean, one sack for the 49ers today, that is not normal. Their sack numbers have gone down quite a bit, you know, they need to get Armstead back. They need to get Kinlaw back. But most importantly, I think Armstead is the key that unlocks this defense going forward when you can go back to your NASCAR package with Bosa, Armstead, uh, Jackson, and Ibukum. That's going to help them out a lot. Yeah, and I was surprised that the Niners were not able to get as much pressure on Andy Dalton as I thought they would in the game. And I thought, that, especially in the second half, I was like, you know what? I think the Niners' defense is going to eat. The Saints ran 21 plays in the first half. They ended up with 53 in the game. So that's what 32 plays in the second half. That's a lot of plays. And uh, I think the Niners defense, look, we talked about it. They stood up. They got the pressure when they needed it. Bosa got the sack when he needed it. I know he was off sides, but whatever they didn't call it. And I've said, it's about Bosa. He is good in the biggest moments when you really need to make a play. And not only was he good on that fourth down play with the sack, one of the plays beforehand, he got pressure on Dalton that forced him to throw the ball. He rises up when the Niners defense needs him the most. And you know, the whole offense is geared to stop him. And the fact that he can still do it, he deserves a ton of credit in my mind. And he absolutely deserves to be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Real quick, Tracy Sandler, um, 49ers beat 
uh, Kyle Shanahan said that it's possible Elijah Mitchell has a MCL sprain, mm. but not as serious as the one he suffered earlier in the season. So then I'm not going to expect him to play next week versus Miami. I uh, guess. No. Um, he will not be up. But to your point about Defensive Player of the Year for Nick Bosa, the Niners have two Defensive Player of the Year candidates on their team. That is cheating. You have Nick Bosa <laughs> and Fred Warner. Um, well, you can't you can't say enough about Nick. And you know, to me, it's between Parsons and Bosa. Those are the two. They're headed for you know a tie at the end of the year on the Defensive Player of the Year. So we'll see how this goes. But I need Nick to have one of those two, three sack games, force a fumble just completely take over a game. We haven't seen that yet from Nick. We haven't seen it from him since the 2019 season. That Carolina game was the one. So right. hopefully he can have, he has one of those coming up. You know, Miami's offensive line isn't the greatest. Armstead went out this week with a pec injury. Maybe that's the week. You know, Seattle, we might be able to get those rookies. They're looking a little sluggish um, up there in Seattle. You know, I need Nick to have a two, three sack game and, you know, solidify, cement it. Um, for the rest of the league, because he's not getting enough discussion uh, nationwide. You know, it's funny. I I was talking about this with Michelle on Friday. Niners actually have three players in the Defensive Player of the Year odds on DraftKings. They have Bosa, they have Warner, and they have Hufanga, who actually has better Defensive Player of the Year odds than Aaron Donald. How about that? Well, the Rams stink, so there's yeah. that. <laughs> um, but, oh, look, I'm not the biggest Hufanga guy. I wasn't, and I I am... I literally have one complaint with Hufunga, and it's I wish he would tackle better because he had separated shoulder issues in college and concussion issues in college. He likes to throw his shoulder and his head at everybody. Just wrap somebody up, dude. That'd be great if you just did that. Protect yourself. And that's me thinking of his health and safety. I don't his play has been really, really good. What a play at the goal line today. You know, you you oh. this defense has a lot of pride. You you don't think they know they haven't held teams to no points for three straight games? They want to keep it four straight. Oh, yeah. He's flying to a Kamara and knocks that ball out and boom, no points again for the the Saints offense. You know, the Niners could have the Niners offense could have helped the defense out because they I felt like they were out there a lot. But time of possession, the Niners won the time of possession today. They won uh time of possession was for the Niners was 34 minutes and 50 seconds or 25-10, which is mind-boggling considering all I thought was the Niners defense Niners defense was on the field a lot. So um it's insane to have three players on the team with defensive player of the year odds. On it's ridiculous. Uh, I want to address this because I've seen people, some people were tweeting about it. Sarah Webb on the YouTube page commented, she's not alone in this thought. Would be nice to have Jeff Wilson Jr. And like, let me just say, first of all, Jeff Wilson Jr. asked to be traded. Second of all, they have Christian McCaffrey. They had Elijah Mitchell. They have Jordan Mason. They had Ty Davis Price. They have Tevin Coleman. Like, damn, man. If you think the season comes down to Jeff Wilson Jr., like the Niners have bigger problems if that's the case. Like, exactly. come on. Oh, and Debo Samuel can run the ball. So yeah, that. like I, I, look, I get it. Jeff Wilson is a guy that the locker room really, really like. But when you trade for a guy like CMC, someone's going to lose touches. And it was going to be him because Elijah Mitchell was coming back. Okay, cool. Mitchell gets hurt today. So then Jeff Wilson could have gotten touches next week. Um, but Jeff Wilson got hurt today, too, in Miami. Like, did we forget that? Like, did he finish the game? Yeah, but he got banged up, too. So, and I I like I like Jeff Wilson. I didn't like that they traded him, but he asked for that trade. The Niners didn't want to give him away. They've said it. But a fifth-round pick for a guy that you had as an undrafted free agent, that is good value. That is a good flip of a player and a prospect to get an asset back. So, 
they did what they had to do in that situation. I wish Jeff Wilson all the best. Raheem Mostert, maybe not so much. He had a lot of shit to talk about uh, with Ty Dunn's piece. I don't know if you saw yeah. that. Piece. Oh, I saw it. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Sarah also did say that Jordan Mason looked good, which he did. Tom is America watching on my Twitch page. Shout out to you. Shout out to everybody on my Twitch page at stats on fire. Please follow me. I just started it. I need some followers. Uh, Jeff Wilson is a nice player. Yes, but everything Wilson produces uh, provides can be done by Jordan Mason and or Tevin Coleman. I totally agree. Like, I think that he is a fine player, Jeff Wilson, but he's nothing special. And if you can't find another running back as good as Jordan Mason, then that's a real problem. Uh, somebody else wanted to know, oh, Kent watching on the Facebook page, is Christian McCaffrey hurt? Yes, he is. He, st- he tried to stay in the game. I think the fact that Jordan Mason got touches at the end proves that McCaffrey is, is nursing something. I think with his left knee, they said on the broadcast, he did not play in the early in the third quarter because he just wasn't quite right. And I think that contributed to a lot of what we saw in the second half with the offense, Javi, where it was just it wasn't what we've seen recently from the Niners. It was very conservative to me. It was very like scared to be honest with you. Yeah, it was, it was very conservative. Um, CMC getting dinged up going into the, going into the tunnel uh, before half. It matters. I mean, did he finish the game? Yeah, he finished the game. He came in literally after they mentioned his knee issue. And then he came in and he had like a 10 yard, 10 yard game. Then he had like another eight yards. So, I mean, he looks fine. I'm sure he'll just get some rehab this week. He's going to play next week. I don't think it's that big of an issue. If it was, they would have kept him out. They wouldn't have risked it, risked it at all. Um, and with the game kind of in hand at the final, you know, the final two drives for the Niners, Jordan Mason's going to get those touches. Um, and Jordan Mason ran hard, so I don't, I don't see that as a big issue. Um, we'll see come Wednesday when they actually come out with their full report and who's practicing, who's not. I wouldn't expect CMC to get a full load in practice. Yep. Just because that's what they're probably going to do. There's been a lot of travel. That's a big de- – the thing is that the other part about the travel is they did spend that entire week in Denver too. Like, they've been gone for a while, and they finally got back. So, they, I think they'll be they'll, you'll see a much better showing from this offense next week versus Miami. Uh, well, let's talk about that really quick because I've been screaming it, and I keep trying to tell people. And, I, and, and with the Raheem Mostert and the Jeff Wilson stuff that came out before the game, and we can get to that – everyone's going to be all hyped up for Miami. Oh, it's Miami game, Miami. You got Mike McDaniel and Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and Wes Welker and all these former 49ers that are now there. And Bradley Chubb faced the Niners earlier this year and they did really well. And now he's on the Dolphins. This Dolphins game does not matter that much, especially with what happened. The entire NFC West lost today, except the 49ers. This is an AFC game. Okay. Would it be nice to win? Of course, but it is not nearly as big a game as it will be billed by the media all week long. It's an AFC game. It doesn't matter. And, and if Mike McDaniel gets the win over Kyle Shanahan, whatever, who cares? It's, it's not nearly as important as the game against Tampa Bay, the game against Seattle, the game against the Washington Commanders that's coming up. All of those games are infinitely more important than the Miami game, Javi, no matter what Raheem Mostert says, who missed the game today again, by the way. Uh, yeah, it, it's – do you want the win? Absolutely, because you do not want to – Look, I want the win because I'm tired of the Niners straddling this line of like, you know, their their margin of error is always so thin. Let let's mm-hmm. let's get to eight and four. Can we do that? Can let's can we just do that? That'd be great, right? So that way you give yourself some more breathing room and potentially can work your way into maybe the second seed going forward. Because I I would like for them to have the second seed because I'm not certain Philly's going to be there at the end of it. You know what I mean? If you're at the second mm-hmm. seed, then you're going to get the home NFC title game. Right. I don't think the Niners are going to get the number one seed, 
but let's fight for that second seed. Win every game that you can. I think that's what they're going to do. Do I think the Miami game is that important? No, but I think long-term seeding-wise, it has some value because I'm not truly, truly bought in on Philadelphia all the way like I thought I was. Um, so that's going to help the Niners. You know, the stuff with, you know, in the Raheem Moster thing, he's hurt again. I get it. You know, the guys, he's had knee issues all his career. So we'll we'll see what happens with him next week. But there's going to be a high-energy game with Des McDaniels. I, I would like to see Kyle still be dominant against his his guys that were beneath him. He, of course. He out of the floor. He kind of owns McVay. Um, he beat Stefanski when he was in Cleveland. Um, was it Stef- Did he beat Stefanski or was that? Um... Uh, honestly, I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. Either way, uh-huh. you know, as long as he's beating his guys, that'd be that, that to me, I think Kyle wants to have that over McDaniels. We could. Um, so I, I want them to get to eight and four. I'm just tired of this team always having this, this very slim margin for error come playoff time because, Okay, cool. You lose that one next week, and then you got Tampa. You okay? You beat Tampa, and then Seattle's won two in a row, and now you have to go to Seattle, and then it gets dicey. And I don't want it to get dicey. Can we not right. get dicey late in the season? That'd be great. Yes, I totally agree. By the way, the Seahawks lost on an 86-yard walk-off touchdown run. How do you like that in Seattle too? So how do you like that? Twelves. Just want to throw that out there. By the way, news is coming in. Uh, Tracy Sandler said. Kyle Shanahan said after the game, Spencer Burford's ankle injury is thought to be a lateral injury, not a high ankle sprain, which is better. That, that's actually better news than a high ankle sprain. So that's good. Um, we talked about the Mitchell sprained ACL. Debo had a quad contusion that he fought through apparently during the game. So the Niners are banged up. And again, that's another reason to like stack these wins wherever you can get them. Cause like you said, they may be, you know, it may not be, full throttle every week Niners scoring 38 points the rest of the way sometimes you know guys go down you got to adjust but uh they're banged up big time and you're ready the, the line is out Niners are three and a half point favorites uh at home. wow well with three okay they're at home so three and a half a actually push. it's pretty much a push yeah because you get yeah. three points for being at home uh Miami looked amazing again today I mean they were benching starters in the third quarter um but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Today's a good day for the 49ers. I wish the commanders lost. That would have been like ideal, but you didn't play your best. It was a perfect spot for a letdown game with, especially with all the Miami stuff coming next week. And even though you didn't play your best, turns out Javi, when your defense doesn't give up a point, you win. Yeah. And you don't turn the ball over on offense. You win. You, this is a good recipe for success for the 49ers recently. No turnovers, solid defensive play, efficient quarterback play and a head coach who wants to take a few risks here and there down the field and in the red zone. Who would have thought, you know, things <laughs> that we've talked about for years that let's do these things and they have the team to do it. Um, you know, now they just have to continue it. And that's the, that's the hard part continuing this. Can they win five in a row? Are they going to win five in a row? If they win five in a row. This team's going to get a lot of hype going into the playoffs and they're going to be like, okay, here come the Niners. And, but this is a team that no one really wants to play to begin with because I truly believe this 49ers defense is the best in football, and it's not very close. I don't believe in the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to do some digging on that stuff with their sack totals because I'm not buying it on who they've played on offense um, versus that defense. I was I have a bunch of Cowboy fans. I make sure to find some hole to discredit their success because I can't stand <laughs> it. Um, but, yeah, no, I think the 49ers defense is best in football, um, and this offense should, I think, is going to finish in the top ten. 
Um, I just need a little bit more out of George Kittle. And it's not even just Kittle. I wish Jimmy would target him a little bit more, especially in a game like today when you needed to keep the defense fresher, right? You know, yep. you're getting these three and outs, you're three and outs. The Niners had 12 three and outs on the season. And then they had like four today, three today. That's, you know, for an offense as powerful as this is, you should be able to, you know, stay on the field four or five, six minutes. That would, you know, even if you're not going to score, give your defense some breathing room. The Niners had four possessions in the second half today. It went field goal, punt, punt, end of game. Now, granted, end of game was 11 plays, 46 yards. So that they grinded it out on that possession to run off the clock. But you've got to be better than that in the second half. And they couldn't even burn a clock. At one point, it was three plays and out, 90 seconds. Like in a 13 nothing game, you're hoping at least we could get some first downs and move the ball down the field. Yeah. But it just didn't materialize. Um Brandon Ayuk, again, six, uh, five catches, 65 yards in the game, had a 27-yarder. I think he also had a 20-yarder. Uh, the Niners had some big plays. Debo had a 20-yard play. Juwan Jennings had a 13-yard play. Like, they were popping a couple big plays. They just couldn't convert and score actual touchdowns, which is going to be a thing, and it's definitely going to be a thing that they need to do next week against Miami because guess what? You're probably not shutting out the Dolphins, and you're probably going to allow a point in the second half on that one. Just, Just – Going out on a wild limb there. Yeah, Tyreek Hill exists and <laughs> that's a good offense. They are very, very potent. And McDaniels knows this defense very, very well. That is going to be the chess match. I'm not yes, Kyle versus McDaniel, but McDaniel versus D'Amico is the big one. I don't believe in the in the in the Dolphins defense. I think they can be had. They have a lot of holes at their linebacker position. Secondary is kind of questionable. Um, but this 49ers defense versus that Miami offense is going to be the real is a real test, a real, it's a real test here. Um, back to the Brian Ayuk thing, and I'm just looking at the 49ers as pass catchers. Are we going to get a thousand yard receiver this year? I don't think so. I don't think so. Just no. Yeah, that's what I, I don't think we will. It's crazy, but that's sort of the way the season is going. Uh, who gets your game ball this week, Javi? I'll let you go first. Fred Warner, hands down, easy. It's probably the easiest thing you had to ask me today. Fred was, <laughs> outstanding you know outside of that one play where Olave you know got that reception mm-hmm. Fred is literally one step behind him and he's six inches away from knocking that ball away late in the game uh he had the pass break up in the end zone he had the force fumble early in the game he had he lit up Car- Alvin Kamara on the uh, swing pass he was everywhere he had the uh well well-timed blitz uh early on in the game where could have you know the Niners could have definitely that could have ended up you know getting to points at that point, but he well-timed blitz turned the fourth down leads to a punt. Niners are off the field. Fred is Fred is Fred. He's him for the, that's what the kids say. He is him. <laughs> Brian Elliott watching on the Facebook page agrees with you. He gets his game ball. I I want to give it to a player, even though D'Amico as Jonathan Barry points out on the YouTube page clearly deserves Very one. True. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I think that goes without saying in terms of actual players, I'm giving it to Bosa, man. I know his numbers don't look good. Three tackles in the game, two solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, two quarterback hits. But if you go back and watch the game, how many times he disrupts or influences or impacts a play, it shows up again and again and again. And like I said earlier, the whole Saints offensive game plan is geared towards stopping him. And he's still doing this. There was a play early in the game at one point. I think Dalton actually completed a big pass or Hill might have been Taysom Hill. And Bosa's face max is getting grabbed. No call. The holding penalties. So, like, if you want to complain, if you're a Saints fan complaining that he was offsides in that fourth down sack, okay. But guess what? There were, like, six other plays against Bosa that yeah. didn't get flagged. So, shut up. 
that's what I was thinking. I was saying, I was like, oh, he's offside, but I'll take it because, you know, I'm not one to complain about the Bosa holding, but the one to the face mask, I was like, all right, man, we got to get some of these. Yeah. Um, there was a couple where he was just literally just tied up by two guys. It's like, what are you, you're not going to call this? <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you doing? You know, um, at some point, the NFL has to look into that. We've talked about this for two years now, that these guys are going to get hurt because you're holding them these ways and you're chipping them the way they're chipping them. Like, and this is this is across the board. I'm not talking specifically, specifically about Nick. Happens to Miles Garrett. It happens to um, Red, uh, Reddick in Philadelphia. It happens to Joey, his brother. It happens to Cleo. Like you got to protect some of these guys too, because you know it. it can he wreck the game? Sure, he can wreck the game. But at some point, you got to protect these guys too, because Nick was getting held quite a bit, getting rolled up on. It's just that's unnecessary stuff. Jason, watching on the YouTube page, could we imagine what Bosa's stats would actually look like if he wasn't held every play? He probably has 15 sacks by now, 15, 16 sacks. It's wild. I keep talking about it every week because I'm so happy. The Bosa over-under for sacks going into the year was 11.75 on DraftKings. I could not bet that fast enough. He <laughs> now has 11 sacks on the year. He's and a half. Yeah, so like, I don't know what DraftKings was thinking on that one, but I laugh all the way to the bank. It looks good. The Niners are rounding into form. And again, I know the offense wasn't good in the second half, and we talked about that, but damn, man, they still found a way to win. They can fix it next week. If your bad games are still wins, that's the mark of a good team. Uh, shout out to Earn watching on the YouTube page. Hopefully the Niners don't share stats for you on next week's game. Every game is important. Might not be a season killer, but every game matters. I didn't say it doesn't matter, or I hope I didn't say that. What I meant was it doesn't matter as much as the media is going to make it seem like it matters. Yeah. That's what I'm my point. And even if they lose, it doesn't matter as much as losing to an NFC team. That is my point because, of course, conference record is a huge tiebreaker. Right now, the Cowboys have the best conference record in the league. They are seven and three. Niners are six and two. Vikings are six and two. And then it's the Eagles. And actually, Eagles are five and one. Bucks are five and two against the NFC. Wait, say that again. Bucks are five and two. Bucks are five and two against the NFC, hopefully five and three after that. That's why I say like that game matters because the Niners are going to play yeah. them. And by the way, Tristan Wirfs carted off the field today. I saw that. Oh, my God. I, I think I saw something that said x-rays were negative, which, of course, is good for him. I'm not rooting for anybody to be hurt. But if he can't play, that'll be a factor in that game. But that's two weeks from now. So I don't want to get too wrapped up in that. Yeah. So the Niners are the three seed Philly nine and one Minnesota nine and two San Francisco seven and four Tampa five and six or six and six. Right. Or no, they're five and six. The Bucks are five and six. Okay, yeah. So, you know, in Cowboys eight and three, Giants seven and four. I don't believe in the I don't believe in the Giants. I no. don't believe in the Cowboys. The only team that worries me, and this is you know, is because Tom Brady still exists, and and that's what it is. But I think the the best part about it is is the uh, the point differential. Cowboys plus ninety two, the Eagles uh, plus eighty, and the Niners plus seventy six. Like the the gap between these two these teams is pretty huge when these three. These top three teams are playing well. I just don't believe in the Cowboys that much. And that's just me being probably a Cowboy hater, but I just don't really believe in them. Um, I was looking at the point differentials between the AFC and the NFC. It's pretty insane to look at the AFC, the point differentials, 110 for the Bills, 83 for the Chiefs, 54 for the Bengals. Everyone in the top seven has a plus um, point differential. In the NFC, it's a complete. It's only four, five teams uh, with a point differential of higher than five points. Wow! The Vikings I mean, are higher. Vikings have five points, and They're the playing. Giants are seven and four. They've been outscored. 
five this seven. Yeah, like <laughs> what the hell is going on? So yeah, the NFC is weak, and the Niners have the defense to take advantage of every team in the NFC. Uh, Al Sacco has a good tweet. Niners giving up just 15.7 points a game. The Niners have allowed more than 19 points just twice this year and 16 points or less eight times. Eight times. You know, if, if you're going to give up that, if Brock Purdy's got to start a game, they still might win it. They might. Nick Mullins won games. This is Nick Mullins 2.0, Brock Purdy. <laughs> I know. And and all these, you know, all this talk, Mike, I was talking to Mike Silver when I interviewed him. He keeps saying how they love Brock Purdy so much and, you know, don't get, get over the, what's that? I'm going to believe them that they do because they love Nick Mullins too. Yeah. That's, and that's what I said to him. I was like, great. That doesn't mean he's good. They love Nick Mullins too. Uh, <laughs> but whatever. Hopefully we don't have to worry about that. Jimmy Garoppolo has got a whole week. The Niners do not travel out of the Pacific time zone for the rest of the regular season. Everybody needs to heal up this week. That's going to be the job. Maybe they don't take another live rep till Friday next week. I don't know. Please don't please, don't. please what? practice Wednesday through Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you yeah. got to compete with that Miami offense. Hey, real quick. Um, you brought it up. The Niners don't travel outside the Western time zone Yep. The rest of the season. How big of a factor is that for this team? I think it's big. Uh, number one, if guys are injured, like we talked about, less plane ride time. I think that's a factor. They were talking about, was it Kinlaw's knee? It doesn't swell up if he has to fly. Not that I'm expecting him to come back this year, but yeah. the pressure in the cabin when you're flying, that's a thing, man. So if you can minimize that, I do think it's a thing. Plus now we're done with the what we talked about, right? Oh, we had to take a trip here. Now we're sluggish coming back and we have to adjust the whole week of practice schedule because of the time zone difference and the altitude difference and the holiday with Thanksgiving. We're yeah. past all that now. You can get locked into your routine. And I think that's huge because when this team is locked into their routine and they can get rolling, that's when you see them play their best. Yeah. So the Niners finish up Miami, Tampa, Seattle, Washington, the Raiders, and then the Cardinals. How how do they finish? Ooh, got six games. The only the only loss that I can see happening here, the only one that I can see happening is Miami. That's the only one. I don't think you're going to get through these next four games unscathed. I think they're going to lose one of them. I don't know who it is. I really don't like having to go to Seattle on Thursday on a short week after playing Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. That's going to be a physical game. I think they're going to lose one. So I think they're going to go three and one through that. And maybe five, you know, I'm going to say five and one. Unless I'm thinking. unless for some reason, somehow the seating is locked up and they can rest people against the Cardinals in the final week of the year, then they might lose that one. But if they've got to play every game, I think they might only lose one. Yeah, I think they only lose one. I think it's this Miami game. I think they can beat Tampa. I think they can beat Seattle on a short week. And I think Washington, that Heineke stuff is going to kind of falter. The Raiders stink. And the Cardinals, they have nothing to play for. They are gutless after last week. <laughs> they were just a gutless team. Who lost today to the Chargers by one point after leading yeah, they the did. game? Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think 5-1. and one, I think going into the season, I had them at like 11-6, and 10-7. So if they're going to finish 12 and five, I think everyone in this chat and everyone who's watching would take that in a heartbeat. And if that means you're the number two seed or number three seed, you're going to get a home playoff game. That helps. Do the Cowboys got to come to you? Yep. Do the Giants got to come to you? I'll take either one of those teams in Santa Clara 
anytime, any place, anywhere, even if it is in Dallas or New York or San Francisco, I'll take it. Um, it's the one I'm kind of, if I had to travel, if we had to travel to Minnesota, that kind of gets a little shaky, but I don't know if I can trust Kirk eh. at, at a, at a four thirty start, you know, no, 8 30 game. Um, but I, I'm pretty confident in this team, this team has what it takes to get deep in the playoffs defensively, stay healthy, get Armstead back. I, I really wish we had Emmanuel Mosley, but gosh, you know, yeah. Demos playing good ball for now. Wilmax played some pretty good snaps today. Jimmy Ward looks getting a little bit more comfortable in the nickel situation. I think that was the biggest thing today, too. They uh, The Saints made an effort to keep the Niners in base defense, three linebackers. And when Jimmy Ward was in, nothing was getting uh, getting hit over the top or just getting yardage on them. So um, if the Niners can stay in nickel, ba- nickel defense, they're too hard to beat that way. So um, going five and one the rest of the way. You know, that'd be that'd be great. I mean, shoot, no one in this chat should complain about that at all. So I said it and I'll say it again. I fear nobody in the NFC. I don't care if they got to play at home. I don't care if they got to play on the road. I don't care if they got to play on the goddamn moon. The 49ers (laughs) are the team that is going to smash people in the mouth. Javi, RJ Ochoa, who runs our blog and the boys, our Cowboys community here at SB Nation, says the team that he is terrified to play is the 49ers. And this is the guy that runs the Cowboys website. We kicked their ass at home last year mm-hmm. in the playoffs. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't throw that dumb interception, that game is 23 to seven in like the fourth, yeah. third or fourth quarter. That game should have been 31-10, to be honest with you. Right. I fear nobody. I know the Eagles are good. Great. The Giants have a good record. The Vikings bring it on. And if you got to come to San Francisco in the playoffs, good Luck. Good luck scoring a touchdown, let alone winning the game. The Niners, you know, for all the Levi's talk, you know, people when it first opened didn't have an atmosphere. That's a good home field advantage. It gets loud in there now. Yep. Fans are excited. The team is winning. They're good. And to kind of rephrase my statement from earlier, I don't want to play Philly in Philly in January. I just don't. I'm from there. I'm from the East Coast. I've been to Lincoln Financial Field for a playoff game. That place is different, different. That is a place where it could get real, real crazy. That's a good offensive line. Jalen Hurts has weapons. That is a game yep. that makes you know me kind of pause. Like, okay, okay, all right, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit. But if we got to go anywhere else, I think I think the Niners will be just fine. I agree. It'd be tough. Like I said, doesn't mean other teams aren't good. If I'm, yes. But you're, at, like, if you're asking me if I'm afraid of anybody? No. And by the way, the fans in Philly are just as likely to turn on their team <laughs> than they are to get on you. And look, I've seen Jalen Hurts in the playoffs. How was it? He got his ass kicked by the Buccaneers. So yeah. at least when the 49ers quarterback stinks in the playoffs, they still win the game. Okay. Yeah. I've seen this team win a game with Jimmy Garoppolo completing six passes. All right. So they can win anywhere. And I get it. Like it'll be tough, but what they do travels. They're they're tough. Their defense is great. They usually can run the ball in the playoffs and they're composed. Think of how many people on this team have valid, extensive playoff experience. All of them, yeah, all of them, and, and a lot of playoff experience too, not just like from last year. So that matters too, because look at Philly. They don't have as many guys that have the playoff experience like the Niners do. It's mostly the guys on the offensive line. Yep. Mr. Cox and then Brandon Graham. The rest of them have been guys who've kind of been churned on the roster since that Super Bowl run for the for the Eagles. So. You know, Lane Johnson, solid. Jason Kelsey, solid. Fletcher, Brandon Graham, and Bo- and uh, um, 
Gardner Johnson played for the mm-hmm. Saints, so he has plenty of playoff experience. But outside of that, you know, it's a lot of guys who haven't made the playoffs very much. Oh, and AJ Brown. AJ Brown's played in the playoffs before. So and he's a very good player. Yeah, but he's, he's a little good. banged up too. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to say, uh, and I I can't even begin to say this name. Alexi Hartovici. And I was so sorry because I know I butchered it on Twitch. Currently on the same average total yards against per game as the Legion of Boom in 2013. That's pretty damn good. And I said Thank at the you. beginning of the year, this defense needs a nickname. We went with Code Red. I still love it. I think it's good. And I think when we look back, this def- if the Niners win a Super Bowl, this defense will get a nickname because they're that good. Yeah. They're they're one of, they're a memorable defense. Absolutely. They're they're this is an all-time defense that just needs it's not, not this needs 91 back. Just give me Armstead back and watch. Watch what happens with this defense with 91 back in there. Yeah, you won't be giving up 78% of third and shorts if Eric Armstead is back in the middle playing at an all-pro level, which he was when he got hurt. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Again, rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it. Shout out again to Homage, hooking me up with the shirt. They can hook you up. Go to their website, Homage. They got the best 49ers gear around. What's up, Javi? Oh, real quick, Jimmy Garoppolo, 40 and 19 all time as a 49ers quarterback. You know, that's better than Joe Montana, just for those QB win guys out there. So 37 and 22 for Joe. Steve and Jimmy are 40 and 19. If you include the playoffs, including playoffs. Yep. Yeah. I, the wall. I mean, what, what are you saying? I'm just, I'm just messing around. I'm just messing around. Why you got to end the show like that? We were all done. We were done. It was a good show. It was a positive show. And you go and just light that cocktail and just throw the Molotov cocktail right at me. It's all good. But yeah, uh, shout out to Jimmy Grapple, man. 40 and 19. That's uh, that's impressive. Impressive. No matter what we think about it. I just want to make sure we throw that in there. 40 and 19. That's pretty damn good. And just think about that, what that means for you as a 49er fan. How many good weeks you've gotten because the 49 when the 49ers lose i am miserable the whole week you got to listen to everybody talk crap about your team when they win it's awesome i'm listening to everybody's podcast when the 49ers win and look 40 and 19 out of 59 weeks 40 of those weeks have been good that's that's amazing yep not bad at all not all right everybody thanks again for hopping in javi thank you for jumping in because levin black is a jerk and bailed on me traveling for family what kind of an excuse is that you watching purdue or something (laughs) purdue's gonna get smashed by michigan oh my god that's gonna be a disaster but anyway have a good week everybody